Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast, where we discuss the financial challenges and opportunities facing medical professionals. In this podcast, we'll discuss a variety of financial topics that are important to physicians, such as retirement planning, investing, and estate planning. We'll also interview experts in the financial services industry to get their insights on these topics. If you're a physician or a spouse of a physician, I encourage you to listen to this podcast. We will provide you with the information you need to make sound financial decisions and achieve your financial goals. Here's your host, Brent Bowden, a financial coach and certified financial planning advisor with over 15 years of experience helping medical professionals achieve their financial goals. To learn more about Brent Bowden and his services, visit brentbowden.com. Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast. Today, we are going to be starting a uh, four-week series where we talk about investing. So today's particular topic is on Investing 101, where we're going to discuss uh, some basics of automating your savings, saving early and often, including with salary increases and bonuses, uh, how to choose low-cost investment choices initially so that they can fit your risk tolerance and goals, um, and how to know when it's time that you may need investing help uh, or assistance in diversifying your portfolio to a, to a larger portfolio. Uh, and what investing considerations should you know when you start? So we've got a lot to cover today, so let's get started. So first of all, automating your savings. It's one of the best ways to make sure that you're saving systematically over time is to really put that on a periodic investment choice. Uh, so a certain amount of money that is automatically transferred from your paycheck into your 401k, 403b, re employer retirement savings account uh, on a regular basis and or checking account into a savings or investment account on a regular basis. So both of these, by automating those, you're not going to have to worry about when to save money. It's also less likely you'll spend it because you'll already kind of have that pulled out of your monthly budgeting. And so by automating those, it's going to allow you to accumulate more wealth over time than it would to just go in and transfer money, you know, when you see that your account's gotten large. Uh, so certainly the employer savings account is a great place to start, whether that's into the Roth or the IRA version of your employer savings account, uh, doing that to at least get any matching contributions that the employer allows, uh, as well as trying to ratchet that up to saving, you know, somewhere in that 10 to 20% range is what we recommend uh, of your paycheck going directly into some of those uh, employer savings accounts. Now, on the outside of that too, is using checking account to beef up your emergency savings account. So whether you get paid uh, bi-monthly or every week, uh, having some sort of amount at the end of your bills go into that emergency savings account will help beef up the, that account so that you have funds should something happen and need access quickly to it. Uh, but once you hit kind of that three to six month period in there where you've covered enough, your emergency savings has is, is grown pretty well, then maybe automating some of those savings into a brokerage account or a, a non-qualified investment, uh, which is one that you can use for future vacations, uh, down payments on a house, if you want to supplement retirement or a number of other uses because they've, they've already been taxed funds. So a little bit more liquid uh, than your IRA or Roth accounts. So there's a number of different ways to, to automate those savings. Obviously, you can do that through your employer, 
on the employee retirement plans. Um, you can typically do that through a bank or a brokerage type of account uh, where they'll either pull or push uh, money either on a monthly basis, maybe twice a month, depending upon uh, what you can set that up for. Or obviously you can do that through a financial advisor. They have the opportunity to uh, do that same kind of push or pull uh, to get funds on an automatic monthly basis going into your investment accounts. Uh, so if you need assistance with that, certainly check with your employer, bank, financial advisor, I think are all good places to start. So also saving early uh, and often is kind of a principle that I stick with with investing. The sooner that you can start saving, the more time your money has to grow. So time being the big factor in being able to save money over time, uh, that will grow exponentially year over year. So using compounding interest, if you're getting, uh, let's say just a six, 7% return, then that compounds year over year. So the money that you have put in there makes money and continues to, to make money over time. So even if you can only save a small amount each month, doing that as early as possible and trying to ratchet it up as your income increases will help you to save more in the long run. So let's look at just a couple of quick examples. Uh, I always love to use uh, this simple one. Um, so let's say you, you save $200 a month for a 30 year period. It doesn't matter if you started when you were 18, uh, 25, 35. If you can do that for 30 years, just $200 a month, uh, and you can average a return of about 7%, then you will have put away over $100,000 of your own money just doing that $200 a month each month for 30 years or 360 contributions. Um, so a really significant savings. However, that 7% growth, as it's compounded over time, has grown to nearly $244,000. So almost two and a half times what you actually saved because of that compounding interest and in starting early. However, let's just say you waited 10 years and you put that same $200 a month in. So that the only difference that we're changing in this scenario is that you have 10 years less or 120 less payments going into uh, this contribution account. And that 10 year reduction has you only saving $50,000 over that time. That $50,000 has grown uh, because of the 20 years of savings to $104,000. But that 10 year difference ended up being a 235% difference, less savings than saving for that extra 10 years. So time is certainly a big piece when you talk about investing in money. Uh, time is one of the things that we obviously can't get back, but also helps us to earn more in our savings and investing accounts over time. So Making a big difference, if you can do anything, the one thing I would say is to start today saving. The more you can automate that savings, the better you're gonna have and uh, being able to, to increase it over time. So another thing that we look at uh, from a beginning investor standpoint is looking at low cost investment choices. So there are a number of different types of investments and we'll get into those uh, on a later part of this series. But when you're first starting out, Choosing the low cost investment that has decent diversification means investing in uh, like ETFs or index funds that have a broad range of investment choices within them, but at a lower cost. So Vanguard was one of the early companies to do this. 
um, obviously came out with some low cost ETFs. Uh, those are called exchange traded funds and basically tracked a certain type of index or a group of uh, the stock market to be able to diversify, but also track that without having an active manager like a mutual fund would have. And so the cost of those ended up being significantly lower. Over time, over the past kind of 20, 30 years, those have even reduced to where, uh, you know, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, a few other fund companies like BlackRock out there um, offer some of those even as low cost as zero uh, annual fee to be able to, to get into those. So some of those index funds will track a specific index. So an S&P uh, 500 index is one of the ones that a lot of people are probably familiar with. Uh, and if you're looking for a low cost, fairly diversified asset, maybe one to, to look at. Uh, but there's a number of those. So ones that will track the Dow or NASDAQ uh, or specific sectors. So if you're looking for healthcare sector or financial services, those are just a couple where there are ETFs or exchange traded funds that can help you diversify your investments uh, without a, a lot of cost to get involved in those. Certainly a little additional research is going to be dependent upon exactly what you're looking for, because we also want to make sure that you're staying within a comfortable risk tolerance for you. So when you choose investment choices, it's very important to consider how much risk you're willing to take with your money. If you're not comfortable with a lot of risk, you may want to choose more conservative investments. So treasuries, bonds, uh, things that are, are going to, not necessarily have that high return potential, but they have a low chance of losing money over time. And so while you're not going to certainly earn as much as you would being invested in equities, um, that's a great place to start. If you're really conservative, don't like to wake up in the middle of the night or it stresses you out to wake up and see that your money has lost uh, over overnight or over a month or over a quarter. Um, if you're a little bit more risk averse and you're willing to uh, to take on a little bit more risk there, then certainly moving toward the stock or equity portion uh, is going to be an option where you can diversify and potentially get obviously higher returns. You also have the potential for higher losses. And so being able to weigh what those can be um, and understanding what your risk tolerance is, is a way to understand how much equity versus uh, fixed income you should have in your given portfolio so that you can sleep at night still get the returns that you're hoping for, um, but with a little bit less stress over your investments. There's a number of places you can find a risk tolerance quiz um, on the internet, and, and they'll typically give you one of kind of five buckets uh, from a very conservative to a very aggressive type of portfolio. Generally speaking, um, that aggressive side tends to focus also on the younger or growth oriented. And as you get more to a conservative, tends to be when you uh, potentially have made enough money, you've saved enough and you're, you're doing well, tends to be closer to retirement. Doesn't always fit that way. And certainly there's some cases for uh, having a diversified portfolio even through uh, retirement. So it's important to remember that no one size fits all investment strategy is, is out there. Uh, there's a number of different ones depending upon your circumstances and risk tolerance. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next couple of episodes as we talk more about investing and some of the choices that you can make there. But uh, it is important to always consider a diversified portfolio. 
that means investing in a variety of different asset classes. So not just stocks and bonds, uh, but looking at real estate and commodities, uh, potentially alternative investment choices, um, outside investments where you're looking at businesses that you personally can own. Um, and there's a number of different ways to help diversify your portfolio and spread that risk wider uh, across a number of different areas. Um, so you know, in my day-to-day, -day, we look for clients uh, to be able to diversify outside of just equity holdings and just outside of bond holdings, uh, but across a number of those different uh, sectors so that when certain asset classes perform really well, that you're able to take advantage of some of those. Uh, but when some don't perform well or have losses, uh, that we're mitigating some of the capabilities there as well. So another big part of investing is to get help when you need it. So if you're not sure how to start, how to invest your money, or how to even develop an investment strategy, it may be something to consider getting some help from a financial advisor to be able to help you assess exactly what type of investments you should have, what type of risk you're willing to take on, and help develop that portfolio for you. It will allow you to kind of take that off your table. If it stresses you out thinking about investing in stocks and bonds, this may not be a, a, the perfect place for you to do it yourself. Uh, there's a number of people that can help you out there develop a plan. It's still at a reasonable cost to be able to get that implemented for you and also help you keep that on track. So when you need help, this is certainly an area where we have a, a lot of people that would prefer to have somebody help them along with it and understand the day-to-day -day inner workings of exactly what happens in the market. Um, obviously news today is happening a lot faster, but there are still places to be able to consider to get some good investments uh, for the long-term and be able to help your retirement portfolio out. So a couple other suggestions and uh, considerations I wanted to go over just in this first episode. Uh, we're going to have three more episodes talking a little bit deeper about investing, but a couple of the early considerations that you should have when you're you're looking at investing. Investment is in the stock market or bond market specifically is typically for the long-term investor. It's very rare and, and somewhat difficult to make a quick dollar and turn it around consistently time and time again over the short term. So the stock market certainly is volatile. Uh, and there's going to be ups and downs. That's history's shown us that. Um, but over the long term, the stock market has historically trended upwards over time. So that means that if you invest for the long term, you're more likely to see those investments grow. So having a 5, 10, 15, 20 year vision of what you want your investments to do is a better place to start than trying to have a six month vision. Uh, a lot of times you know, you'll see certain people who say they can make a ton of money in six months. Uh, if they win the right bets, yes, but that's not always the case. And they don't show you typically those losses. Those are there. So having a long-term perspective on your investments is certainly going to help you to trend upwards over time and be able to, to ride out the bumps in the road in the investing market. Consistently rebalancing your portfolio is another suggestion. So as your investments grow, uh, let's say you begin with a uh, 75, 25 portfolio. So that would be a 75% in equities, 25% uh, in fixed income. And the stock market does really well over a couple of years. 
if you don't rebalance that portfolio, it may look like your portfolio is now 90% equity and only 10% bond. Uh, if you have a downturn in the market, your portfolio is less protected and therefore more risk has been put on that portfolio because you haven't rebalanced. And so both in up and down markets, I suggest rebalancing that portfolio helps you to keep it diversified, helps you keep the, the right type of risk so that you can sleep at night. Uh, and it tends to keep you on track with your investment goals. Um, rebalancing at least annually is a, is a total minimum. I prefer to look at that on a, a quarterly basis. Doesn't mean you always have to make adjustments, but if the market's done really well in a quarter or really poorly in a quarter, maybe time to look at that uh, reinvestment to rebalance and make sure that you're on track to keep the risk in place where you want it. A third consideration that we certainly talk about from an investing standpoint uh, is your tax liability. So what taxes are, are gonna be due, uh, whether you're trading on a daily basis uh, or looking at the long term. Obviously, in our employee, employer retirement plans like a 401k or 403b, uh, those funds are tax deferred and they grow tax free. You only pay taxes on those at your income level when you take distributions. Uh, and as long as it's after 59 and a half, if it's before that, then there may be some tax penalties as well. Uh, but those taxes are going to be income related uh, when you take out those investments. Uh, on the flip side of that, a Roth investment goes in, you've already paid tax on that money, tends to go in to the investment account and will grow tax-free, and you do not have to pay taxes again on those funds. Uh, and so knowing the two different types of accounts in your employer retirement account uh, or re retirement savings accounts, for the most part, are helpful. But there's also the third kind, uh, brokerage or what's called a non-qualified account, non-qualified because it doesn't have any retirement restrictions on it. Uh, tax implications on those are, are very important. And as those portfolios grow, knowing the type of investment that you have in them, um, how those are going to be taxed, whether it's at long-term or short-term capital gains, um, if it's at dividend rates, knowing what those are and how those change over time uh, can certainly affect how you invest those funds. And so sometimes having funds that are, are going to be at a higher tax level in your retirement accounts is a better place for those. The investments that you want to hold long term may be a better place in a brokerage account. So just knowing and understanding some of the tax implications of those investments is certainly important. So obviously, investing is a great way to grow your money over time. Uh, however, there's a lot of important things to remember about investing. It's not without risk. You should only invest money that you're willing to kind of bet on that future uh, retirement or savings goal. And there's a number of things that we're going to talk about and get a little bit deeper over the next three weeks. But investing is a, a fantastic place to start. Hopefully this episode has taught you just a couple of things uh, in our investing 101. Stay tuned next week as we dive a little bit deeper into the investing situation and follow us on the Physicians Financial Checkup. I did want to also mention the book is launched. So feel free to go to Amazon or your favorite publisher and search for Physicians Financial Checkup. You can find that there with a lot of details of what we're going over in the podcast uh, so that you can have a reference to be able to look at those. Thank you. And I look forward to joining us on next week's episode. 
Thank you for listening to the Physician Financial Checkup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. You can also find more information on brentbowden.com. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as financial advice. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of any other individual or organization. You should carefully consider your investment objectives, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment decisions. If you are seeking financial advice, you should consult with a qualified financial advisor who can assess your individual circumstances and needs.